Adrian, good Rivy. afternoon. Good afternoon. Well, here we are trying to keep the podcast going through summer life. Oh my goodness, what an experience. But you know, poetry just has to go on whether the, or not the children it's true. I mean, the hikes the hikes, the children, I really ex- like half expected to do this in the forest because it was a it was a slow moving train on that trail this morning. Well, you know, we all got to do what we got to do, but here it's we true. are. The poem yes. Parsha, the podcast. Baruch Hashem. And, you know, this Parsha begins, picks up where the oh. last Parsha left off. Yes, yes. And I, I feel like this is a really unique Parsha in how it picks up immediately after the, the previous one. I feel like we haven't seen that in the same way. Like, this is really just, like, one smooth transition. It almost feels like, why did we end last week's Parsha yeah. there? Yeah, not that Torah isn't perfect, but it really feels to me like this narrative should have should have felt, and I'm speaking, like, literarily, right? Like, this narrative should have been allowed to close in the previous Parsha. But, you, so This is true, but I, and I would say, I read... Rabbi Helfgott's Parsha piece that's on virtual Beit Midrash, and he actually oh. speaks about how the Parsha is kind of in bookends about leadership, and that Pinchas is going to become the house of Pinchas, and uh, many of the high priests will come from him versus the house of Itamar, and that the uh-huh. Parsha ends with the leadership of Moshe being passed to Joshua. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, that that feels authentic. That is, okay. I like that read. Yeah, so I thought that was that was really interesting to me. Yes. And, you know, we're thinking about Pinchas and we're thinking about the violence of last week and the irony of God bestowing upon him this week the, the Brit Shalom, the truth yes. of peace. Yes. And, and I think that moved you to select an interesting, very compelling poem. Yes, I chose The Season of Phantasmal Peace by Derek Walcott. Um, Walcott was born in St. Lucia, um, and so he has, he, and he was originally trained as a painter. He didn't, he didn't come to uh, an artistic life as a writer. And so this, the visual experience that we get from Walcott is rich in ways that stands out to me. And um, this, this poem, it was sort of, you know, thinking about the Breach Alone and thinking about like, what, what is peace? How do we think of peace and how do we um, how do we experience peace? And I really think that that Walcott looks at peace through the lens of the natural world and through the the, the lens of our avian um, experience. Very fascinating. Really yes. fascinating. Now it's a really long poem, so I bet that you have selected what you're gonna I I have. I have I'm going to skip a few stanzas because I I think in the interest of time. Let's just say that. Okay. So this is the season of Phantasmal Peace by Derek Walcott. Then all the nations of birds lifted together the huge net of the shadow of this earth in multitudinous dialects, glittering tongues, stitching and crossing it. They lifted up the shadows of long pines down trackless slopes, the shadows of glass-faced towers down evening streets, the shadow of a frail plant on a city hill, the net rising soundless as night 
The birds' cries soundless until there was no longer dusk or season, decline or weather, only this passage of phantasmal light that not the narrowest shadow shall dare to sever. It was the light that you will see at evening on the side of a hill in yellow October, and no one hearing knew what change had brought into the raven's calling. The killdeer's screech, the ember circling chuff, for su such an immense, soundless, and high concern for the fields and cities where the birds belong. Except it was their seasonal passing, love made seasonless, or from the high privilege of birth. And higher they lifted the net with soundless voices, above all change, betrayals of falling suns, and the season lasting one moment, like the pause between dusk and darkness, between fury and peace. But for such as our earth is now, it lasted long. Adrian, this poem to me is hypnotic. Yes, yes, it is. It draws you in, in this, this sound, image, sort of collapse. Here is, it, it really is a sort of transcendental experience to sort of borrow the language of Whitman, right? Like it is, it is more than it is, right? That all the nations of birds lifted together. Um, it was the light that you see at evening on the side of a hill in yellow October. I know. Um, and so, and high above, they lifted the net with soundless voices. And so what really, what really drew me to this is sort of that, that moment of how like we are we are standing I think of it this way we are standing there with Pinchas and he is given a brit shalom what is that how do you experience being given a brit shalom I mean to, also we could just back up and say how do you experience being given a promise and yet this the the idea of a a brit shalom is is it just feels so powerful in ways that other covenants don't they don't feel the same way and, and go well, ahead well the thought that i had interestingly i think is as you're reading the poem to me the poem feels sanaitic meaning we're taught the midrash that when the torah was given at sinai the world the natural world kind of held still meaning yes. there was something supernatural occurring and this poem which is this phantasmal piece and I know you're going to tell us what the word phantasmal means <laughs> phantasmal meaning um sort of ethereal yes that's how I think of it yeah um and so that's what peace is and yes yes and, and, like, and so the question is and this poem just shot me back to Sinai the world is frozen as if a the natural world freezes as if, um, and God reveals the Torah waiting for the Israelites to accept it because it's basically saying, if you, the world, do not accept this peace, this Torah of peace, this Torah of ethics and morals that will hopefully lead us to being a society at peace, then I'm not going to continue allowing the world to go. And so that's why I thought it was fascinating that you selected this poem which depicts the natural world at peace as if mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in response to all the chaos that was happening morally with the Israelites yes. and the Midianites yeah, and yeah, God yeah. 
And then it's it's stopped violently by Pinchas, who was zealous and jealous. And then God gives him. It's almost like a restart to the world. My treaty of peace. Yeah, that I really sort of loved that idea of holding still, of just holding, right? Here is a breach. Here is that Sinaitic experience, that moment of just holding. And I feel like we that is that is a an experience that we can live in this parsha with that with that breach alone moment. And the this quote really spoke that to me. Um, and I appreciate it because we need something like this poem to help us understand what's going on. It, here. it is because we've just in the my struggle with this parsha is just the chaos. The chaos feels so heavy. It feels so almost insurmountable with the Israelites' behavior. I think what Pinchas did is extremely problematic. Um, I think what the Israelite man and the Midianite woman is also doing, like not to, I'm not, I'm not excusing that behavior by any means. Um, and so I wanted to just stop, take that breach alone and just stop. And, and so let's speak to that a little bit. Do you, what is your sense of this sort of chaotic culmination? And then we've got a breach alone. What are you, what's your experience of that? Well, I would say, you know, when all chaos is reigning, let's say even in our homes, whether yes. it's the children and the, you know, TV and, and the pot is overflowing and everything is going wrong. Sadly, and sometimes it's that screaming bloody murder for a second is going to make everything freeze. <laughs> it's true. And, and then you can recoup. Um, yes. And, and yes. to me, that's what's happened here. All heck was breaking loose. No one was paying any mind. And Pinchas no. had to do what he had to do. And I know, a, you know, a mother or father or somebody screaming bloody murder in a house in chaos is not the, quite the same as someone taking a spear and killing two human beings. I recognize that. Of um, course, of course. However, sometimes it is that shocking act of throwing yes. down the Ten Commandments. Of yes. The spear. Yes. Of, you of have to, like, startle like, a live yes. You know, Eliyahu and Har Carmel. I mean, we can Yes, just, I was just thinking about that also. You know, this we're just humans. And yeah, sometimes once we're in a frenzy of chaos, it doesn't stop until something shocking occurs. Um, yes. You know, there's a Talmudic story in the in the Gemara about how there was a wedding and everyone was really carrying on too much. And then one of the sages, I can't remember who, took a glass and broke it. And then they're mm. like, what? What happened? Um, and we're humans. And it's that shocking event that makes us pause, look at each other and say, oh my goodness, what are we doing? Yes, yes. Um, and then that break is like the rupture of a piece of paper or a screen. So, and, and then suddenly the, the quiet of the nature pops out. And that's this poem. Yes, yes. I love the, um, the amber circling chuff. Such an immense, soundless and high concern for the fields and cities where the birds belong, except it was their seasonal passing love made seasonless or from the high privilege of their birth wow. something brighter than pity for the wingless ones below them who share dark holes in window and houses oh my gosh that yes like we've got i sort of think of of this moment of being 
above all the chaos, right? We have this just row happening among the Israelites and Pinchas does the thing and then it's just like like we're above it. We're looking down on it. Mm-hmm. Clarity has occurred. And higher they lifted the net with soundless voices, above all change, betrayals of falling suns. And this season lasted one moment, like the pause between dusk and darkness, between fury and peace. Mm. But for such as our earth is now, it lasted long. Walcott, who I appreciate you're introducing me to, is brilliant. And I yes. met him up. He's yes. A, he's a Nobel Prize winner. Yes. And his, his brilliance in this poem would absolutely earn a Nobel Prize. Um, yes. Um, Glenn Maxwell said, the verse is constantly trembling with the sense of the body in time. It's, it's and I the, think he, he hands that on to us in this poem. And it's, it's really, I can't say it enough times. The poem is hypnotic. It's, and friends who are listening to the podcast, make, make sure you look up this poem because, you know, you may have to print it up and sit down on Shabbat and look at it because it needs time. It's simply a beautiful poem, the season of phantasmal peace. And, Mm -hmm. and I think we just have to each wonder and reflect you know, what is our phantasmal piece? What is, yes. what, what is this for each of us? It's true. It's true. I think we need to take that, that moment between dusk and darkness, between fury and peace. But as for such as our earth now, it lasted long. I think it's okay to find that moment and live in it for as long as we are permitted. And, and I think that's the real way to live. You know, we talk, yes. we talk about peace. We talk about home peace. We talk about Shalom Bayit. You know, let's get real, you know. Yeah. yeah. Let's, not get, let's not get greedy. We're going no. to have, <laughs> there's there's going to be chaos. That's life. Yes. And we, do, hold, we can't control everything. No, but we're going to hold out to see if we might create some phantasmal peace um, in our homes, in our communities. And it's the best we could do. Amen. Amen. I think that's a beautiful way to lead us into Shabbat. Thank you so much, Rivi. Well, thank you, Adrian. And I'm going to try to post this great podcast. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Yes, absolutely. Best listeners ever. Ever. Shabbat Shalom. Wonderful. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom.